up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation you're watching slash listening to the spoiler alert podcast which is a co- weekly comic book discussion show oh hi guys oh. Is, this, is this an asmr video where you give each other tingles I, um, I'm, I'm gonna figure out a way to work out the logo here th- there it is you got it yeah. Bing. There you go. Oh, wow. there. screenshot quick i'll forget uh, you're <laughs> part of the Cult Pop Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, feel free, uh, if you're watching us live, to chime in, uh, make fun of us, uh, send us lewds, whatever you want to do. We're here for you, the people. Uh, I'm Johnny Destrutto. With me this week is this cup of coffee from Valerio Coffee House next door. Mm. It's good. Also, I uh, guess Noel is here. Uh, yes, I actually prefer being second fiddle to a cup of good coffee. <laughs> And Len. Len is here. His shirt is not, but I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Immediately noticeable because Tim Hershey said that triples at the gun show. Um, All right. We're we're off to a good start. And then also with us. Yes, fourth fiddle. uh, (laughs) Brian. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to discuss some of this past week's comic book offerings, but first. I am going to read you some correspondence from Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight. It's titled Book Club Suggestion, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, Atomic Robo and the Shadow from Beyond Time. There are many Atomic Robo shorts, but this one is the best. As for Rat Queens, I've seen... I've been on it since the beginning, and in fact have a letter in one of the early issues. In it, I asked if the creator had a long-term plan for the series, and his response was that they make it up as they go along. Turns out that wasn't far from the truth when he abandoned a storyline after one issue. I do have that issue, BTW. Betty is the best character hands down, bar none. Now Biter Returns was a fun series premiere. Not sure how you can be surprised it was a continuation considering the subtitle returns i think it was a fun series that ultimately fell flat with the ending and it ended with a cliffhanger that was kind of upsetting since the creator made a big deal about how he was ending it because he didn't want it to run on run stale or whatever it just felt like a cop-out looking forward to the return of something is killing the children this week and wonder woman dead earth next week i can't say much about outer darkness except that layman assured me he can't take the series elsewhere, though he just tweeted that he has several pieces of good news, so hopefully one of them involves Outer Darkness. One book I wanted to put on your radar is We Only Find Them When They Are Dead. I know nothing about it, but look at this cover. Look at it! Chris St. Southey, good night. And he sent, uh, an e- you know, the, in the email he attached, the cover for We Only Find Them When They're Dead. The, it's, a, it's basically a, a space scene and uh, the text is very big and very cool looking. And uh, there's a tiny little spaceship in there. And uh, It's Tinian, I believe. Is it Tinian? Thank you. Yeah. I, I, what did he say? I, uh, I actually saw the 
not advertisement, but like it mentioned, and I wanted to put it on my list. I think it's <laughs> it's Boom Studios and it's Tinian. Remind me later to yeah. put it on the list. Put it on the list. So I'm going to go back through. All right. So Atomic Robo, he wants us to try out Atomic Robo and the Shadow from Beyond Time. So we should put that on our um, uh, book club docket because uh, I know next time we're going to be talking about Alan Moore's Saga of the Swamp Thing Volume 1. So you at home can read along and then come talk talk to us about it. Um, we were talking about Rat Queens, Betty's the Best, Now Biter Returns, blah, blah, blah. Something is Killing the Children, Dead. Yep. Yeah. These are all great. Something is Killing the Children. Great series. I read it. We're not going to review it this week, but I loved it. And then Wonder Woman Dead Earth, I'm super stoked for mm-hmm. next week. Um, yeah, next week's a Cracker Jack week. It's kind of like I, I looked really quick and you've got Death Metal and Wonder Woman Dead Earth and The Question, the Black Label book and stuff. Some really, really fun stuff that we've been all waiting for next week. Um, and then he's, he says, uh, it's obvious it was a sequel since there was Nailbiter Returns, but I put forth Leonard Part 6 which did not have Leonard's part one through five. Ah, even yes. a new hope uh, episode. Where was the first hope? Yeah. Yeah. It was a retroactive sequel. True. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about books. Yay! Oh, well, you know, I should tell the people, thank you, St. Saucy. Good night for writing us <laughs> in. We appreciate it. Uh, if anyone else wants to email us, they can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. Also like us on just, you know what? Like us just, in your hearts, in your minds, just like us. That's all we want. But on the social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, all those things, as well as uh, ooh, YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. I'm trying to build that up. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Don't answer that. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Batman number 92 by James Tinian IV and Gillum March. Diamond has this to say. The greatest heist in history is underway in Gotham City, courtesy of the mysterious crime master known as The Designer. Batman knows what he needs to do, but in order to stop the plot, he must first escape the most ingenious death trap the Riddler Riddler has ever devised. Did you guys think that that was the most dangerous or ingenious death trap the Riddler has ever devised? Was there a death trap? Yeah. Yeah, Remember, it was the crossword puzzle, right? Or yeah, of like um, yeah, I guess in a in theme with Batman villains doing huge versions of shit. I was literally he turned the entirety of, of Gotham into a crossword puzzle. That is true. I, I was thinking of, you know, like a death trap being like <laughs> Batman is chained up in a trap. And he's right. going, it was a citywide death trap. That's true. I don't know. It was pretty ingenious. It was cool. Uh, very, it was certainly very fun. Trap. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, did I think it was an ingenious plan? I mean, it was like, whatever. Look, there's something about Gillian March's... <laughs> What did I? Am I wrong? I'm on the wrong page. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> saying that to the Riddler, you know, yeah. you're like, eh, you've, you've done better. Yeah, <laughs> next. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but there, there's something about Gillian March's um, artwork, right? Hmm. Who, when he started on Catwoman, the New Fifty Two Catwoman, there was something about it that I, I enjoyed. The energy of it, I liked. Um, but ever since then, and even while he was on that book, it's been diminishing returns. No. And like I I his his craftsmanship is there, but I just feel like it's it's so many lines on the page and it just it just anno- it I find it annoying. And to the to the point where it 
becomes almost grotesque to me. But it's not bad. It's not bad art. But it just it puts me off of the okay. book, and I and I just can't enjoy it. So I I like in regards to the art, I'm actually enjoying this book a little bit more than I did when it first started because the art keeps changing. I very much dislike Tony Daniel. Um, yes. And he launched this book. So it, it was very hard for me to get through to the story without it feeling just very cheesy and, and, and edgelordy crap. Like, I feel like the, in, in, like, <clears throat> I feel like the writing is, is tongue in cheek in a way. So like mm-hmm. Tinian keeps introducing new vehicles <clears throat> and they're, they're, they're kind of jokes. We had a bat luge. We got a bat train. Right, right. We got a hollow bat mobile. Like they're stupid. And I think he intends for them to be stupid. However, they've been rendered like sweet nineties edgelord awesomeness. And it's like, I think there's a disconnect between the art and the story that Tinian's going for and it's getting closer to better. So this is not as good as Jorge Jimenez a couple issues ago. Yes. Because I think they worked incredibly well together and like the story was clicking for me, but this still isn't as jarring or off putting as Tony Daniel. Well, that's so true. it's yeah, so like I think it's just a disconnect. Like they keep throwing these overlined, edgy, muddy inked artists at this book, and I don't know if it's right. Like what Tinian is writing feels like he should be having somebody like like Williamson does on um, Superman, Batman. What you know, mm-hmm. you've got a Nick Darrington or a, or a, a Clayton Henry, like pop colors, something that's a little bit more refined than this. Well, let's face it. There's there's not a comic book uh, being put out right now that couldn't stand for a little bit of Darrington. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> I'm trying to get him on every book. Just everyone. <laughs> I am flabbergasted, Len. Like, obviously, art is subjective, but I am flabbergasted. I, I am super into Gillum March. Uh, I really like his stuff. Um, I love his Catwoman. I love his Harley. I love his facial expressions. Um, I like the way he draws um, vinyl. He's real good at vinyl, <laughs> like leather yeah. outfits and everything. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm really into his work. But I, I, I can see that some of it gets a little... Yeah, um, it pushes it a little too far sometimes. And that um, and that one scene you just showed where Batman is sitting down in the um, I think it's in the Bat Train. Yep. With Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's just off-putting to me. Yeah. Okay. But but like it's it's degrees because five issues ago when they showed this new when they introduced this new look for the Riddler, he looked like a grotesque troll. Right. Because it was Tony S. Daniel with like you literally the spine, like the, the ridges of his spine were exposed and his neck was elongated. So this is like a scale back from that edgy shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm liking it more now than I was issue 86. I was wondering because, yeah, I know I, re- I know you really weren't enjoying this when it first started. And I, I, I was in on it. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I wasn't blown away by it. But given that I'm not a huge uh, Tom King Batman run fan, this felt much better to me. And this issue I thought was a blasty blast. Did you guys enjoy this issue? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I still felt kind of similarly, Jenny, that it was like, you know, last issue was all right. It, it was like kind of classic Batman, but it didn't blow me away. And this one, I was like, ah, it's cool. We're getting into, uh, you know, a little uh, Batmanery, a little Riddler. Mm-hmm. Can I say one thing for two minutes in defense of, of Tom King's Batman run? 
All right, let's start the clock. All right. It was 85 issues. I think 40 of them were really good. And what I did, and I hated his tropes of the talking over action and stuff. And But I do think that he stuck the landing. Like, I really, really did like City of Bane in hindsight. And he was doing different shit and trying things and, and moving around with the format. This feels, this when this first launched, this felt like just because a revert back to everything from before because like it was almost like a reaction of oh god people didn't like new things or different things yeah. instead of adjusting or wonder it did like especially with the tony daniel art and just like it almost looked like it was ripped straight from the 90s in reaction to oh god we we we've been doing this for too long which is fair but i don't think that that's how you should creatively move a book mm-hmm. or start a book right mm-hmm I, I, and I don't lay it all at the feet of Tom King. Um, you know, I've heard tales of DC editorial, and that's the reason we have things like six issues of nightmare dream yeah. sequences and stuff. I don't think it's all his fault. And I do applaud anytime a writer tries something new and different with the format. Um, but the, the mix of Tom King trying new things uh, that either worked or didn't work, plus the thing you mentioned before, which was so many uh, instances of just um quoting things yeah like yeah. just text of quotes from other mm-hmm. things while we see something else happening on panel and then on top of that dc uh editorial you know getting in get, putting their noses in and making problems for the run overall was not a pleasant experience for me um and this one i'm just i just happen to be enjoying a little bit more that's all you know it's like a tonic thing i could see uh the quotes. So I wasn't reading that run. I'm just being introduced to this idea now. But if you have quotes running along and you've got action happening in the panels, kind of like a soundtrack, right? In a medium that doesn't have audio. Uh, so if you do it well, I could see that being pretty cool, but I can't, but you know, clearly well, he, just, he just did it a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing to do. Like yeah, he, a lot. He, yeah, for yeah. the most part, he did do it well, but it's like uh, Noel said, it became a trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah, were getting yeah. it everywhere. Like uh, you, um, we were getting it everywhere. Like in Heroes in Crisis, was someone's reading a letter, and it's mm-hmm. juxtaposed to action with no dialogue or context. Oh. Like, or a speech was being recited from a historical figure, and it's right. set to Batman beating the shit out of everyone in Arkham. Like it was literally every other issue in that back half. So it's just like, just have the people talking to each other. I'm really tired of this show. Don't tell outside the panel shit. Yeah. Which is was more in line with how like a novel was set up as opposed to sequential storytelling, episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tim Hershey makes a really good point. My problem was that I stopped caring about King's story independent of the how. So even all the things that I just said and Noel said, doesn't matter because he just didn't care about the story. So, I mean, yeah, that's a big right. part of it as well. Right. I also think another failing of this Batman is that I can I can ride with you that you know Tinian's run has been more of not so much an answer to Tom King's run, but just trying to do something different. Yeah. Like much in a way, like I, I'm reminded of much in a way that Mark Wade came on to Daredevil after Bendis and and uh, Brubaker's run, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he just went, you know, he re- 
took you back to the daredevil of the 60s and the 70s, more carefree, swashbuckling type of thing. And I can see Tinian doing that with Batman. The difference is, and this is where the art fails you, in Wade's Daredevil, he had artists who, who um, even if even in their differences, still complemented one another, so that the the vibe of the story would always stay the same. And I don't think that Tinian has that on the on the Batman book, and then yeah. I think that's the biggest failure. Yeah, there was a cohesive feel to that book, especially if you're comparing the two. Like, if we're gonna pivot whether it's backwards or forwards, let's make sure that it's consistent. And maybe there's just was a disconnect, like just big name as opposed to, is this the right feel for the book that I want to create with? Yeah. But it's, it's, I feel like it's getting there. And like I said, Jorge Jimenez was just awesome. Those two issues that he did of this, I think it was like 90 and 91 or 89 and 90 were spectacular. And then when I saw that he's doing the art for the entirety of Joker war, I, I was like, put this on the list. I will actually, I would love to read it physical for Jorge Jimenez. Here's, here's the thing, though. And you're right. He's probably, he'll, it'll probably be good stuff. But I'm tired of the Joker. Like, <laughs> like, like dude, there, there was a, I remember there was a time, maybe 70s, 80s, I can't remember exactly, but there was a time when the, they basically said, like, okay. The Joker is untouchable for like X amount of years because everybody's doing freaking Joker. The Joker has popped up at least once every year, it seems to me. At least. For the, yeah, yeah. the last like last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and so much so that now he's the big he was the big thing in, in the fucking Justice League for a minute. I'm like, Jesus, oh. like the Joker is like he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's good, but he ain't that fucking good, dog. Like, he's not, we're not talking about Dr. Doom here, dog. You're not talking about Dark Side, dog. I mean, like, if you wanted to say, like, Luthor crosses over into everything, like, let's build up Luthor. Let's build up, let's have Batman fight fucking Brainiac and shit. Let him have, let him motherfucking, look, they already, like, batman all the Green Arrows villains. Bring one of them motherfuckers to Gotham and shit. See how they do with the real deal and shit. Like, come on, man. God damn, the Joker again? Again? The yeah. Joker War? Wait, what well, the fuck? I just Hopefully got into a, dick, right? I was about to get into it with somebody because uh, I guess there was a Court of Owls thing happening and someone was like, Court of Owls, are we still on that? Are we doing that again? And I was like, are you kidding? What about the Joker and the Riddler and all these other <laughs> supervillains? Like it's an, she's like, and that person was like, um, well, you know, court, you know, those are all tried and true villains that have been around for decades. And I'm like, yeah, but there was a time where they weren't. <laughs> Wait, so the only one villain that are tried and true that have appeared a bunch of times for a while. Yeah. Nobody else can ever reach that status. How right. dare you try something new and keep reading it? Right. That's bullshit. <laughs> This is comics. You're like, oh, we're dipping back into that well again. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's a Batman book. He's got like six villains, and we see them every issue. Yo, that Batman Brainiac, that's interesting. I like See? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I would like to see? Some sort of, remember Marvel did a thing called Acts of Vengeance back in the 90s, uh, where the villains all got wise, and they were like, we keep fighting the same dudes over and over again, and they keep beating us. Maybe, what what if we swapped... What if we had a what if we had a 1970 sexy key party villain style and we would switch partners? Maybe that would be cool. I'd like to see something like that in DC. Yeah. Also, ask your grandparents what a key party was. Well, it was like a white elephant for sex. 
<laughs> White elephant for sex. Nice. You're like, I don't like this partner. I pick. Yep. Rob. You pick a key, but then you could switch with someone else's key. It's a whole thing. <laughs> George, do not be hating on the Joker. <sighs> yeah, George. Yeah, George. Just knock it off, George. <laughs> I, I. George is the name of my iPad, by the way. I'm hoping that this is I'm hoping that this is slightly different because, you know, no spoiler or not to spoil, but he knows who Batman is, which seems like everyone knows who Batman is. It's common knowledge. Tim Tim says, oh, now you like acts of vengeance with a little uh, eye roll emoji. I don't know. I don't know why he's saying that. I I thought it was kind of cool back in the day when Spider-Man went up against Dr. Doom and Graviton. Mm. I don't know. He's. I don't, I don't know what that means, but all right. Never read it. That seems tough. That's actually a good idea for villains, right? Why don't, instead of switching, the really high-powered ones should just wipe out all of the... Take out the low buttons. <laughs> right. And then the three-level heroes villains can help them with the high-powered heroes. <laughs> Speaking of the Joker, huh. let's talk about the Joker 80th anniversary one-shot that came out this week. The all-new tales of the Clown Prince of Crime. The Clown Prince of Crime celebrates 80 years of chaos. The Joker has been the greatest villain in comics since his debut. And to celebrate, we have a who's who of comics' finest talent giving the Harlequin of hate the birthday roast he deserves. The stories feature a range of terror and anarchy, showing how the Joker has impacted Gotham City from the police to Arkham Asylum, from the local underworld to the Dark Knight and his allies. Make sure to RSVP to his birthday bash. You wouldn't want to wake up with a Joker fish on your doorstep, would you? I would not. That's actually kind of a cute descriptor. Yeah, that was. That, I like that one. That's awesome. Um, so let's see. Do you want to? We'll go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten stories. Uh, let's start with um, Scott Snyder and Jock's scars. I love this one. I thought this was great, and it's basically um, it deals with the the victims. Of the Joker, and not not the people that the that the Joker has like set out a vendetta against, just casualties who happen to be on the sidelines while the Joker is doing other stuff. Yeah, and um, uh, and you know the therapy that they have to undergo just from having minimal contact with this dude. Yeah, uh, I thought it was be- great. It's such a cool idea, like because he's such a mythic figure. Even bystanders that get kind of terrorized by him on circumstance feel like. They're part of a plot now and they can't feel safe regardless. Like he knew it's the, it's the power that you give your, your oppressor. Like Mm -hmm. they must be doing this explicitly to me. And it's like, no, you're just, you're just over there. But then it it works out like a horror movie. It was great. I love this. I love this story. Yeah. This was a really good uh, way to kick this story off. Uh, Brian. What's going on? (laughs) I didn't uh, didn't read this book. Okay. Len. (laughs) I only uh, skimmed through the book, so it's not fair for me to say. But I will say, I, <laughs> look, it was look, look. I was, I was, I was living my life. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, so I, I can't, I can't, uh, uh, but I will say that that was one of the more like like really interesting stories. It, it I did like read it for it a little bit, so I knew what I was talking about. But I like seeing Jock's art. I, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Jock's art. And um, this was like right up his alley, and like and like Noel said, that last page is like that is nightmare fuel. So yeah. um, you know, just so it it was really cool. It looks really really dope. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Jock. Jock is a, 
Whoops, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Josh is a great horror artist, is what I said. Um, all right, so it's just me and Noel, so we're just going to blow through this. Let's blow through it. Ups and downs. Right, tell us about the second one. Uh, what comes after a joke? This is the origin of Punchline, the new uh, character girlfriend of the Joker. And it's revealed here that she's just really a fangirl that takes it to the limit. Um, a college-age fangirl that takes it to the limit. So Joker's robbing the crate a little bit, which is interesting because he's, what, 80? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's fine. Like, the art is great. Um, I, I'm... I really do like Michael Jannon, Mikhail Jannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just gasses her Dean of admissions as a almost, um, what is that? Uh, uh, like in a gang okay. an initiation, a initiation. test for the Joker. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ends. It's fine. I was a little disappointed. You know, all of this, all of this fabricated hoopla about this brand new character, like here's all her appearances. Here's where you can find out more about punchline. And you know, the, the prices are skyrocketing on some of her appearances and stuff. And uh, her origin is just like, I'm a, I'm a college girl and I like the Joker. And um, I guess I'm going to be his new girlfriend now. Cool. Yeah. Any successful, like when the companies are like, this is the next character to watch Buy all these issues. Yeah. Well, that's why speculation's fun because you could just cheat other people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Uh, I was a little disappointed, but the story itself was good. Yeah. It was just fine. It was, um, it's like if this was a, if this was, if she had been around for five years and had been gaining her bona fides with how badass she is, and then then this, we got this cool but this being like the third time she's had dialogue in all of comic bookdom mm-hmm. and it's little lackluster it's just like yeah whatever yeah i'll say this i'm i would prefer for this story to be told in this book considering how slight ultimately slight the story is. i mean it's still sure. a good story True. but like mm-hmm. if you know this easily they could have found a way to stress this out over a six issue miniseries and it basically would have been the same damn thing with art with art by tony (laughs) daniel um the next one's pretty great though the art kill the batman by gary witta and greg miller with art by dan mora huge fan of dan mora's art now this is the one i did read because this is the one about what happens if the joker actually succeeded in killing the batman yeah and because and i read about that was going to be in there so all right yeah i want to read that story and it's not bad. It's not great, but it's it's not it's not bad. I I I kind of like eh, okay. I thought it was gonna have, be a little bit more. I have two things. I, I was I was stoked about it. Uh, this looked really cool, and I really liked the Dan Moore art. And I was like, oh, where is this going? This is kind of fun. Um, but there are two things in here that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Just days after Bruce Wayne dies, um, and the Batman dies, he reveals um, Alfred does to the world that right. Batman is Bruce Wayne because while he, you know, Bruce did this and he didn't want any recognition. Um, Alfred is like, look what you did to my son. Everyone should know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And the thing that rubs me wrong about that is that there is still Barbara Gordon, Dick Grayson, um, uh, Tim Drake, his son, Damian Wayne, who are all now everyone. If anyone with half a brain goes, (laughs) Oh, so I guess these are the Robins and that's the back. Like, um, and then at the end, it's the joke is, oh man, I killed the Batman. What else is there left for me to do? I'm gonna work for the DMV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what like else it, is? It undercuts the entire story with like a stupid gag. This is a joke. This is all a joke. Because honestly, um, the second page when I was reading like the the 
so uh, Alfred going through his whole, like, you killed my son. Like, that was the emotional high point or low point. And then literally the rest of it's a joke. It's it's um, it's uh, news footage and interviews with yeah. other superheroes. And so I, at that point, I was just like, where's the punchline? Because, like, all you're doing was setting me up. So I was just, I, I don't know. I It kind of worked for me. It was just like. At that the the second to last page before the big reveal that he was now working at the GMV the Gotham Metro uh, Motor Vehicle mm. office it was just like oh what's what's the punchline because he starts talking about where can I be that is as fulfilling that is fiendish and and evil like I'm like oh what's this gonna be is it gonna be like a bagger at Walmart what is this oh, and then it's right. that like, I don't know I mean I did read it as a big what if because to your point JD that Alfred that's not Alfred Alfred is not day two announcing that Batman is Bruce Wayne, you know, never mind that, you know, like you said to all the other people that he's putting in danger, he's just not doing that. I think he, you know, our Alfred is honoring Bruce and Batman totally differently. If anything, he's, he's, he's revving up the, the bat train, the Batmobile, the bat cycle, and going to go find himself some Joker ass. If anything, that's what our Alfred is doing. You know what I mean? Nice. So, um, so then I just read this as like, oh, this is Elseworlds, which, you know, you don't know after reading the first two stories, you're like, okay, this is our Joker. And then reading that, and I'm like, oh, this is not our Joker. Obviously. All of all of these anniversary issues have been like that, where it's like six, right, yeah. what if, and not, doesn't actually count, and then like two in continuity kind of things. Yeah. And they don't label them otherwise. It's literally just like you're on your own to figure it out. Right. Uh, then the next one is introducing the Dove Corps by Denny O'Neill, oh. who I believe on Gutter Talk at two o'clock today we're going to be talking about. Um, he recently passed just just uh, like a day or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, with art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, and I was expecting quite a bit because of those names, and um, sadly it didn't. I, I wasn't super stoked about it. It was cute, um, but overall. I, I didn't get much out of it. What did you guys think? It was it was cute. Um, it's it's just set up for a punchline. All of the, most of these are just set ups for punchlines. Some of them are cute, and some of them are like murderous punchlines. Uh-huh. This one was more cute. Like even though he did kill a bunch of people as the punchline, just the way that it's presented, it's just like I did what I was supposed to. Give me, give me, yay! And then walks off. It's just yeah. it's it's cute. It's just cute. But yeah. honestly, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting more than that. Yeah. When yeah, I saw the premise, it's good art. It's yeah. great art. He still got yeah. it, man. He still got it. I don't and, know how old, um, how old he is, but he's still killing it. Man, he's he's got to be in his hundred. He's got to be in his seventies, man. Well, didn't uh, like I honestly I didn't know much about Jose Luis Garcia Lopez until I just a name that's like whispered, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. But I couldn't place any of it in my head, and it wasn't until essentially Bendis asked him to come out of retirement and yeah. now he shows up randomly which is you know thank you thank you brian michael bendis for yeah. convincing him to just come out of the of the shadows every once in a while well i always tell people if you want to um get an idea of who jose Lo- luis garcia lopez is just look at any licensed dc property from the 70s and mm-hmm. he's, he's pretty much the style artist for anything that you saw on there yeah I believe he did my bed sheets at one point. Oh, nice. I, probably, I had a tent that was probably him. Oh, I had a tent too, a Batman tent. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, oh, mine was the whole gang. It was all the DC superheroes. Are you one-upping each other? Batman 10 sounds cool. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Brian always wins. Yeah. 72 years old. Oh, snap. What? Yeah. 72 years old. Man. Killing it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The next one is The War Within by Peter J. Tomasi and Simone Bianchi. Boy, did I not care about this. When I got to the end and I realized <laughs> that it was um, um, Peter J. Tomasi, I was like, oh, what what, what do you mean? How was that? This was, this was nigh trash. It was not good. Mm. Yeah, I like I didn't I almost didn't even get it because I, I didn't I was care. Ask you what happened. Um uh, Batman's doing stuff, but then it's all in Joker's head as he's practicing to be Batman to beat him better. This was dumb. <laughs> uh, like even as a, even as a metaphor, it was just like uh I don't know if I don't know I don't know where the disconnect happened whether it was with art layout or the writing, but uh, whatever. It's yeah. like Peter Tomasi wrote a poem and threw it at uh, Simone Bianchi and was just like, do what you want. And yeah. it just happened without yeah. translators because I think that English is his second language. The next one, however, The Last Smile by Paul Dini and Riley Rosmo. That one I really liked. And it basically deals with something. You know, it's, it's interesting when you see a character like this who's supposed to be one of these almost – omnipotently evil characters. And then the first thing is like, he wakes up from a bad dream in bed with Harley. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess he goes to bed and has covers and pillows. And, <laughs> and she's, she sleeps in her domino mask. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like something the Joker would be into. So yeah. <laughs> I never want to see her face, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I like it. It's basically Harley coming to terms with the fact that um, Joker keeps having these nightmares and waking up. Uh, and they're all Batman related. And she realizes she has to leave the Joker, not because of the nightmare, but because he never dreams of her. She's never in it at all. It's always Joker and Batman. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah, this is a cute story. It's, it's like a um, it's like a PG-13 sequel to the animated series. Mm. Like mm, a little bit more. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Riley Rossmo. I like him a lot. Um, it's, I haven't it's read weird. Yeah. He's a real weird looking, he's got a real weird looking style, but um, I find it engaging. Like the last thing I read of his was, what, Proof? Forever that, ago? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything is very exaggerated. It's mm. cool, though. I see the animated series thing you were talking about, Len. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, it's all, it's all very, um, also to just the way the, the, where the characters are, like still in a relationship and stuff, yeah. but it's all told as back. It's all told as, uh, um, like, the end of it's revealed that it's Harley and, and Ivy at a bar talking about relationship stuff. Okay. So it's it's present day if time had passed in the animated series kind of universe and they're talking about stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Which I love. I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't know how long this has been going on, but this Harley and Poison Ivy yeah. best friend dynamic. And now they're kind of almost even... Um, like fuck buddies in the cartoon. Um, I mean, and there it's a relationship in the comics, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's never. It's very infrequently, explicitly shown or said. But I'm into it, though, man. Give me more of that. I love them as a couple. They're great together. I would say it's. Um, well, I think it like some Harley appearances have it, and some don't. But I would say it goes back to the animated series. Actually, mm. you had said, you know, how long. There was that episode, you remember, where they're hanging out at Ivy's place 
Yeah, um, yeah. In like the in the men's shirts, and they're like just having a sleepover. That's and awesome. And then they go into yeah, 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 yeah. And since then, it's like oh, Harley and Ivy are are uh, our team. Uh, I'm into it. I love it. Yeah. Um, the next one is by Tom Taylor and Eduardo Riso. This was awesome. This, this is the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, the Joker happens upon a little kid who is sitting there torturing bugs. Huh. He just pulls the legs off of bugs and keeps them in a little bug box. Um, and, he, you know, the kid kind of complains that it's his birthday. No one showed up to his birthday party. So then the Joker, seeing a little something in this kid that he likes, uh -huh. goes to all the neighbors and intimidates them into going to this kid's birthday party <laughs> it's dark it's great i don't really i, I don't even want to spoil the the like the punchline of this one but it all kind of makes sense as to why joker is even there at that stoop and yep, how yep. what lessons he learns from this kid that tortures bugs it's just it's such a cool story this is this is like a a master class of short storytelling like you've got eight pages to do a full narrative and he does without overburdening the pages. This is awesome. This, yeah. this short one is awesome. I don't yeah, understand why we're not getting more Eduardo Riso. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say Eduardo Riso is, he is like a master at doing short stories as well. He knows it. He knows how to like, you know, take a story and do so much with like less just to like tell the story just in the the, the expressions the body language and everything mm -hmm. and this joker while you know his joker is not trying to be like this scary you know creature but yeah. he does come across as like you know the world's worst looking birthday clown <laughs> and it just it works 100 with this book and tom taylor i mean I, I don't think there's anything this man writes that I don't find something I enjoy about it. Man. Well, I'm I'm about to like uh, on on my shelf waiting to be read. I'm actually about to test that theory with the Justice League Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover that he wrote oh. two years ago. Nice. So we'll see if he can actually like. It's it's a weird stretch, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's entertaining, then it's just like you're right. Tom Taylor is perfect. <laughs> Uh, the next one is by Eduardo Medeiros and Rafael Albuquerque. This was cool. This was cool. Yeah. The whole back half of it. Well, no, um, that's a lie. I'm not going to say that. This was a really, really good short story. Yeah. Uh, basically, you've got the Joker and his his gang have uh, are robbing a bank. And also, I love the design of the Joker mask that they're all wearing. The clown mm. masks, I should say. Um and uh, I mean, you're not entirely sure until the end that it's the Joker, but I mean, it's obvious it's the Joker. And so it's this kid who works for a bank and he, you know, he tries to stop the, the robbery. And mm -hmm. even the Joker's like, why, why would you do this? It's a bank. It's insured. Why do you care? Um, and the kid says something like, for the people. I did it for the people. I don't want them to get hurt. Um, and uh, the Joker makes a decision here that I thought was really cool. Now... This Ronald, what is his name? Ronald, the actor or the the character? The character, yeah. It's just Ronald. I don't think it's. Yeah, I know. But it's like, Ronald. is it? I wonder if this is supposed to be somebody. I didn't know if this was like the secret origin of some other hero. Not to my knowledge. Or if Not it's yet. just a regular person. I this was this was cool in so much as I I imagined that. So this this kid from behind not like accidentally kills one of the henchmen with a, a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I imagine that the Joker um, stopped the robbery 
to have this issue take place. Like he was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. sit there. And this whole thing happens like during the robbery and or like the robberies no longer are concerned. Are, uh, concerned. Like we're going to, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson. Yeah. And this was so cool. So, so cool. And art by Raphael Albuquerque, man. He's great. I love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the character's name is Ronald Ferguson. Um, and he's a, an accounting intern at the Bank of Gotham City. And I just, it makes, it feels like it's supposed to be an origin of some other character that may be coming. But it'd be even It'll cooler be if it's just someone in Gotham who just tried to do the right thing. It'll be coming. It'll be yeah. coming. He'll be, he'll, he'll be the martyr. They'll call him the martyr. How <laughs> Sounds like an Astro City character too. Exactly. Exactly. That. It is a cool story. There's a little bit of it that's a little two faced to me in the way that they play the Joker and like his is what happens there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. But um but it's still but it still is cool though. I, I enjoyed it. The art sucked me in when it yeah. ended, you know. And then is this the last one by Tony Tony no, S. There's, Daniel? There's two more. Oh, Penance by Tony S. Daniel. He's the writer artist. It's fine. It was fine. Yeah, the art style too. It's almost like it's Tony Daniel aping um, John Romita Jr. in a way. Like everyone's very square jaw and straight line. It's interesting. Yeah. And it's about a mobster who keeps having a dream that he's the Batman. Yeah. Well, like the Joker is torturing him. So he just keeps having nightmares or dreams that he's Batman in a struggle with the Joker. And essentially, you're not that important. And I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. The next one is a uh, just a, a pinup by Fiona Staples, which it's it's hard to give you the the close up here, but it's really cool. He's cool. like doing um, balloon animals. Yeah, with his Joker venom or Joker gas. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't see the the, the yellow though. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, cool. you can't see uh, the and, joke. And, the visual and joke. The joke. The visual yeah. joke about what he's you know that mm. balloon placement. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is uh, by Brian Azzarello and Lieber Mayho, um, a a team in the past that would have gotten me really excited. Um, and this, I, I, I have no idea what was going on. It was interesting to read, but at the end of the day, uh, entirely forgettable. The art is nice, but um, Noel, what did you get out of this last uh, story? Um, I I kind of liked it. The art is gorgeous. Oh yes. Um, it's it's a it's a homage to one flew over the cuckoo's nest where there's this large statue in the corner of Superman that no one can pick up and, and no one can pick up. And then the end of it, you know, a a lobotomized Joker picks up the statue, throws it through the window and runs off. The whole thing is a metaphor, but the art is so awesome. And I wish Bermejo would actually draw like this more often than the hyper realistic. Like this is all, this is so moody and dark shadows. And even the way that he, my favorite was the way that he shows um, water dripping off of Joker's face. It almost looks like he's melting. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot of, it, it reminds me of the old horror comic books from the, um, yeah. from the fifties, the, the style that he's, he's aping. <laughs> I, I love everything about that story. I thought it was really cool. And, and I got, like you said, you know, the um, cuckoo's nest, homage i i saw cuckoo's nest years ago but i only just recently watched it again a couple of months ago and so yeah i probably yeah, idea. wouldn't have picked up on it if i hadn't just watched it, it like, oh it's fresh in my head yeah the idea of the one character that's lobotomized the other one who's 
big and strong, picking up right. the entire water fountain to toss yeah. it through the window and run off. That's how it descends. It's it's like a cute pastiche. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite panel here where he's got Robin and he's just covered in zits and he's got his, yeah. his iPhone. <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, great. I got I got the um one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, illusions, but I, I forgot that there was a statue that gets thrown through a window. So I didn't know what that Superman statue was supposed to signify. It's it's not a statue. It's um it's a water fountain in the in the like it's it's an in actual the, water fountain in the book. But to me, it was no one can be that great or that burden is un, unmovable by anyone else because Superman is like a a god or or the you know the monolith. So Batman tries to and he can't get it to budge. He's like no, but I can. I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. So like it's this whole thing. What I do like here is the commentary. You know, you've got the nurse ratchet character and she's strapped down Joker for his lobotomy. And uh, she goes, you belong on pajamas and lunch boxes. Ha, that's rich. I'm a sociopathic, homicidal, genocidal brand. brand. All that angry nonsense. It's just sizzle PR children. Love you. How does that make you feel? And he goes, na, 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 you you shouted out Fiona Staples' um, pinup, which which is really cool. Throughout the book, there are like homages to famous covers of the that feature the Joker, and there are other pinups. The one pinup, I mean, like, and I love Fiona Staples, and a couple of the pinups are really cool. But the one pinup that really like just was very disturbing to me was um, I I always want to say Ivan Reese, but it's Ivan. Oh yeah, Rice. Ivan Rice's. Uh, pinup of Joker who looks a little James Woods and he's giving like the Joker venom to an actual bat. Yeah. That one is a little disturbing to me. <laughs> that one yeah, freaks me like, out a little bit. He's holding the bat's smile or mouth yeah. open to oh, make yeah, a smile. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I kind of liked so there's there's that one was my favorite. Uh but there's two that I thought were really cool. Tim Sales was grotesque. Oh yeah, I love Tim Sales. His smile was so big you can't see his mouth. Uh, and for some reason, I really, really liked the 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 JRJR almost like secret agent with the with the squirt gun of acid. <laughs> like I just I, like you can get rid of um, Harley because this is just yeah. this like weird secret agent Joker is really funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, I, I would say this was this was a fun. I th- and I think yeah. this is where I, you know, to, to counter what, or maybe to piggyback off of what Len was saying earlier about the Joker over and over and over again, this is where I think the Joker excels as a character, are these tiny little short stories, these little nuggets of how the Joker affects the DC universe. Um, and maybe the, you know, the people of Gotham and stuff. Those are my favorite ones of seeing how he affects everyone around that's not Batman. Because, you know, uh, characters like the Joker or... Um, for you know, maybe even uh, Bullseye. For some reason, Bullseye always occurs to me as someone who is kind of neutered when it comes to superhero stories because mm. he can't miss. And mm. yet, every time he goes up against a superhero, he misses. Um, <laughs> so you know, the Joker is one of those characters like the Hulk or the Punisher that when he shows up at in someone else's book, great. Um, uh, or you know, when he's unexpected, he's great. But to have him go up against Batman and the Bat Family over and over again, just Sort of yeah. dilutes the character. Yeah, like I, how many times can you kidnap all of the all of the kids and torture them to piss off Batman? Three times. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
Uh, also, too, I want to like I'd like to shout out that DC is getting so much better at these anniversary anthologies. They've been doing them for maybe three years now. So like it started with the 1000 issues mm-hmm. two or three years now. It started with like the, the action comics 1000 and at least in modern that I remember those were a lot less even. And now that they're doing these 80th and 70th and 75th anniversary issues, I'm enjoying them a shit ton more. Like the Catwoman one was great. I know you guys didn't get a chance to read that. The Joker one was, or sorry, the, uh, the Robin one was really fun. Like that had a bunch of really good short stories that were that were totally worth it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the Green Lantern one. Yeah, like these are these are these are really fun like palate cleansers. Like they're, they're getting the much Green better. Lan- I'm looking forward to the Green Lantern one if it's not all Hal Jordan. Oh, I don't think it will be. Like it if you look at the creative happen. team, but but then also too, I think they're doing another one for Detective Comics, um, hmm. 1027, because Batman didn't show up until the 27th issue of. Detective. Uh, so right. now, yeah. So they're doing another one for I think September or October. But if and they're this fun, I'm okay with that. Like just okay. Keep but doing here's it. my problem. And yo, I'm the Bat Triple. I love <laughs> myself some Batman. But looky here, DC. Now, you did Action Comics, and I I don't know if you did Superman eighty, but I'm sure it's coming. All right, that's fine. And now you've got Green Lantern whatever because i don't think he's 80 but whatever age he is maybe he's 80 so maybe he's 80 i don't know and we all know it's going to be a a thousand different green lanterns in there right and we know that they did wonder woman 80 okay that's nice but batman gets batman detective comics and then ostensibly he still gets robin and then the villains get two anniversaries Catwoman and the Joker. What next? The Penguin Mad Hatter 80? Excuse <laughs> me. If I was a any self-respecting DC sub-character who w- had any thought and wherewithal about them, I would be like, yo, DC, listen, look at me. My name is Nort. I'm a doggy Green Lantern. I don't need an 80th anniversary of nothing. I'll be honest with you. But if you're going to give one to Catwoman, and if you're going to give one to Joker, then excuse me, let's go to someone who has been around longer than Catwoman, longer than Joker, longer than Wonder Woman and Batman, and is just as important to the number one superhero in the world as far as recognition, and that is Lois Lane, who was introduced in the first issue of anything that had to do with the goddamn Man of Steel. Why can't she get an 80th anniversary? She's well, been around as long as Superman and longer than any uh, other you know woman or man she has, in She has comics. a title right now. She has a title right now. How many of you are reading it? It's good. Yeah, it's great. I read it for spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Tim says... Bermejo line work. I like his painting, but this is weird. It's good weird. That's <laughs> off topic. That's off topic. Where's <laughs> Lois Lane's 80? That was I t- would love that. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Was there more to talk about? We all agree. Yeah. I also agree. You weren't <laughs> even here. You were laying on the floor. I could hear Mr. You. Jefferson walking on your back. Don't worry about it. I could hear you. When is Jefferson getting over here? <laughs> Who is that? 
Tim says, I would read a Lois Lane anniversary issue. We uh, he says, the $10 anniversary issues are getting tiresome, good or bad. Thank you. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Frequency is an issue. However, I've felt like I've gotten quality for the $10. You know what I would okay. like? To t take all of these and put them in one big volume. One trade paperback or something. Like 80th anniversary DC and put all of these one shots in there Ooh, so you get a little cool. taste of everybody. I have, oh, you know what, I was glad. I didn't think they were going to release a Green Lantern one. And I like Superman, Batman, The Flash, and Green Lantern are definitely like my top four. DC did The Flash get one? The Flash did get one. Oh, and that's right. It was the Flash got one before Lois Wait, Lane. No, 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 no. no. Oh, the, the Flash, didn't, Flash. Get, the Flash didn't get an anniversary 80th or 75th or anything. He got a 750. And Wonder Woman got a 750. That's right. So they yeah. weren't they weren't anniversary issues. They were uh, anniversary numbered. Like right. it wasn't like. Yeah. A, yeah. I guess I mean like I'm thinking of them on my bookshelf all next to each other. That I'm glad like they are pretty similar to the action comics and yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Um. All right, Brian. Yo. Well, no, Noel, get out your timer because Brian. Thunder round. It's time for Thunder Round. Len, what's a Thunder Round, buddy? Thunder Round is 60 seconds when I get to say why Lois Lane deserves an anniversary issue. <laughs> it happens every episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lois Lane minute. <laughs> Noel, you're up first. Uh, talking about Adventure Man number one, written by Matt Fraction, with art by the Dodsons, Terry and Rachel Dodson. Uh, was this an image book? Yeah. Great. Do, did you, who, do you have the timer? Put 60 seconds on your own clock because I forgot my timer. And I go. go. Um, I really, really liked this. First of all, I didn't know it was coming. Uh, written by Matt Fraction with art by the Dotsons, Terry and Rachel. Um, it is a really fun, uh, pulpy story about 80 years ago. There was a adventure man and his adventure crew that got destroyed and everyone's forgotten about them. However, this uh, picks up with um, a mother and her son who still read the stories and there are small threads kind of introduced about how there might be a connection to her to the original adventure man and then we'll get to see how it all pans out but the way that this is written the whole this is like a 60 page story the first like 25 pages is an adventure of adventure man's and then it turns into another story altogether this was just really really fun and well done um i was i was almost expecting it to be tongue-in-cheek and kind of the way that Matt fraction does um, genres, but it was much more. T it was it was taken pretty seriously, which made it much more enjoyable. Ah, time's up. <laughs> End of round. End of round. I have customers. You guys go ahead. Uh, What's yeah. next? I'll tell you. It's Batman's Grave Number Seven by Warren Hitch and or Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. All right, and you're on the clock, Glenn. Okay, Batman's Grave is continuing this story of the adventures of Batman and, and Jim Gordon fighting crime this one night in, in Gotham City. It's a weird book, and if you've been enjoying it all along, the weirdness continues with this, because the book like all the other issues, picks up literally where the other issue picks left off. And with this one, it picks up with Batman 
the Batmobile explodes, and now Batman has to just walk the streets of Gotham City. It's actually a very interesting scene as he just walks by people at a bus stop <laughs> and then catches a, catches an Uber, which which is uh, Alfred taking him back to the Batcave. It actually has a very surreal type of vibe to it. Um, it's it's and it's it, it's it's slow. It's very deliberate. It's it's very much a character study. This whole this whole book, Brian. End of round. Damn, that was fast. That was fast. So uh, I agree with you, and I'm more emboldened by my opinion that this should not be issues because it has taken seven chapters to feel like a cohesive story as opposed to you know individual issues that lead up to a, a sum. This is this was definitely like a. An OGN, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 This yeah. should just be one big black label or whatever yeah. um, book. I mean, I think I like it, what even what makes it even more what what solidifies that even more to me too is I think even Warren Ellis said when this is collected, it's going to be as twelve. They're mm-hmm. not going to do two six issues. Like, ugh, guys, yeah. I would have I would have gladly paid thirty five dollars for a twelve issue. Yeah. Or oversized OGN or something like that, as opposed to dulling out pieces of a story that feel incomplete. Yeah. I wonder if money-wise, they find that they make at least as much or maybe more doing it this way. Because like some percentage of the people that bought all the issues will buy the trade and yeah. would have bought the trade anyway. But this way they get, you know, it's like less of a chance. I mean, I have no idea. I just wonder... Well, it does, they do make more money by by um, releasing it in different yeah, yeah. formats. Formats, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it works for them money wise, but um, yeah. yeah. It, and I, I, and and to be fair, there's something to be said of doing it in issues because with Brian Hitch, if you try to wait for him to do the <laughs> whole thing, God knows he was like, oh, I can. You're just not going to prepare until I do the whole thing. Oh well, I'll see you in 2024. You know what I mean? So I can I can understand them. Like you know, when we've got enough ish, enough pages from him to make an issue. JD, while you're here, who's got the next one? Uh, Noel does with Old Haunts number one by Ollie Masters and Rob Williams, and art by Lawrence Campbell. And go. So this is the first AWA book that we're talking about, and that's the only reason why I really wanted to kind of like squeeze it in. Uh, it's a new publisher. Uh, I think it's Jemis and uh, Axel Alonso. Uh, either mm-hmm. way, um, this book was just fine. It's uh, three gangsters who are about to go legit. For, you know, for the last thirty years, they've been wrecking things, and they go bury bodies in this same spot and put little coins on their eyes and stuff. It's it's the setup is that they have to do one more thing and then they all go legit. Two of them enjoy the idea. One doesn't, but um, they start to set up a supernatural element to it where, where they have buried all these bodies um, and something happens in the land and a monster vulture with coin eyes comes out and starts to attack them. And then the book just ends. So this felt like a zero issue or a sample issue of a story that might be interesting later. So like, it was just super uneven and not, Really, it wasn't fulfilling. Even just oh, end of round. End of round. I, I hear you on that, but the one thing I will say is that I thought the art sucked yeah. me into the world. Lawrence and, Campbell was the artist. Yeah, it, it it sucked me so much in that, like you said, it does kind of like just kind of end. 
you know, you're like you're like left on your the edge of your seat a little bit. Okay, like all right, what's what's more, what's happening? But I was so yeah. sucked into the to the world building and, and the pictures that it that it painted that I I was with it. Brian, you're up with Excalibur number ten by Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe. All right, and go. So I've been enjoying this book. Uh, I like the mystical X Men thing that's going on, and that continues in this week. It uh, starts out with Krakoa and London are like bombing each other. Well, it, somebody is making it look like Krakoa is bombing London, and uh, Betsy Braddock, who is now Captain Britain, goes and she's like, "Oh no, it's uh, my brother has created this alternate reality," and they get to him, and he says no, this is your home reality now. You, I splintered this off from the other reality. You can't go back to anywhere. You're here. This is this is your regular reality, uh, which I thought was a cool a cool thing. And then the uh, four X-Men that are there, it's like uh, Gambit, Jubilee, and, and some others, each grab the amulet and become Captain Britain. And I, I believe that it's four other, you know, realities have been created. And Jubilee... Has a cool, like, red, white, and blue costume, but the shades that she has are two British, you know, Union Jack. Brown. All right. Brown. Good. I really wanted to make sure I got that part in, and then I was good. That that costume looked cool. Uh, Decorum number two by John Hickman and Mike Huddleston. This is a weird-ass book. There are many assassins <laughs> in the known universe. This is the story of the most well-mannered one. And Yo, I was all about it. I remember it being, for the first issue, being like, oh, this is cool, but I don't really know what to make of it or what's going on. And some of the art, you remember, we were like, eh, the art is really cool, but why does it keep shifting? Like, what's the story reason? In this one, I found more of a story reason for the shifts in the art, and it's still super weird. Not 100% sure what's going on, but I was I was in. I was yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's so first of all, Mike Huddleston being able to do three different styles in yeah. one book is yeah. like I, I I had to remind myself twice during this because this is not a sit one time and read. You kind of got to like do it slow. Um, I looked back twice to just be like, are are we sure there's not another artist on this? Same. Yeah, yeah, I could see it's, that. It's it's essentially so like that description of what the book is about is really only mm -hmm. the back third, and it was the same for the last one. There are three different story threads that are happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the connection is to one of them over the other two. So like the, the yeah. assassin is in two of the story threads. One of them is almost yeah. like a, her history and how this organization works. One is present day mm -hmm. and the, like a job that's potentially going wrong or South. And then the other story is, Oh, creation. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, like how these are all fitting, cool. it's going to be cool. I just don't, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is as it's seemingly as complicated, if not more so, than um, House of X and Powers of Ten. Yeah. Except it's got less space now, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, don't know any of the characters either? Like, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But it is. It's. It's. Um. Even after just two issues, and I think that this series is only like eight issues. Hmm. It's. It's. It's a mini. That's cool. Um. But. Even in just two, you could tell that these are separate threads that are happening mm -hmm. independently, just like how it was with House of X and, and Powers of Ten. And I'm just I'm assuming that they're going to start to coalesce. And when they do, it's going to be exciting. But mm -hmm. this reading as a collection later on is probably going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And when you were talking about that, I was like, 
ooh, maybe I will get that would look good next to my other trades. You know, this would be a cool thing. Yeah, like and they're yeah. they're they're very weighty issues. Like this they are. it's three ninety nine, but it's this is more than twenty pages. Um, oh, yeah, it's like thirty eight or thirty seven or so story wise. These are meals. They're gonna be it's gonna be a nice thick yeah. and very very Hickmany for sure. Uh you yeah, know Yeah, this is mainline Hickman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right into the vein. Now I thought this one pulled it a little more together. And what I want to know is the the two that the assassin are in. So I get the sense there's like multiple world, like multiple universes, parallel Maybe not parallel realities like they would normally be in comics, but they're like different areas of of existence, you know. And I wonder if she's traveling back, like when she goes to the more hand drawn yeah. one. If the, she is uh, like that's in her timeline, but she's like going to a different place. I was gonna say same character in a different place or yeah. past and present. I don't. It could be either one. The descriptions of how like the multiverse works in this kind of scenario made mm-hmm. me think of like a pool of water and a bunch of ping pongs in it. And yeah, you just kind of float around each other sometimes in a pattern, sometimes not, but it's just, there's think, no, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, a lot of sense. there was a line also though, where they're like the, the, like the God of this church node that reminds me of a ping pong ball in water, you know? Yeah. This is, this yeah, is, yeah. um, I, yeah. What do you think about the opening part? I thought it was really cool with that guy and he taps his forehead and he goes into the, like, talking to the singularity god. You had it up a second ago, too. Yeah, that. it's it um, awesome. I, it took, uh, it was, <laughs> it's a lot. It is. It's just a lot. It's like, yeah. so I almost wish that these, the way that the stories in this are um, ordered, mm-hmm. I almost wish the more accessible stuff was sandwiching the oh, yeah, yeah. the weird cosmic shit because yeah. it's, it's a lot to ask for you to jump right into incomprehensible ideas larger than existence mm-hmm. and and abstract art and then all of a sudden it shifts to two people talking in uh, having tea i almost wish that they would shuffle it to where that you know mm-hmm. the two people talking and then all of a sudden you get this crazy yeah. just to, just to ground you mm-hmm then throw you off the, the trail and then grab you again, as opposed to you start with a Herculean effort of trying to remember what the fuck any of this is. So like, it's, it's a, it's a there challenge. Yeah. yeah. And more so than there normally would be. I found that with a number of books that it's like, it's been a long time since we read any of the previous things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This one, this one hurt more. Yeah. That spaceship or that shuttle thing. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's so Yodorovsky. It is. Cool. <laughs> it is. Oh, is that you with a yeah? Not a. Yeah. It's not Jodorowsky. I thought I, it was Jodorowsky. Uh, I, I okay. think the reason why, like the Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, yeah. Says, he says his name out loud a couple times, and it's like Does he? I haven't seen it. Well, he would know. How have you not seen that documentary? It's fucking fantastic. Is it? I like Dune too. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's literally just the story of his um, failed attempt to adapt yeah. Dune. Well, yeah. And he got as far as financiers, so it's just all art and mm. shit. Yeah, that sounds cool. And with Mobius, uh, yep. that's like uh, one of the big things that I know about Moby. You know that he did this, this uh, Jodorowsky's Dune concept. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, speaking of, I've never read Inkle. We should do that as I have never either, and it has been 
on my list for a long time. We and should totally do that as a book club. I've never yeah. read The Inkle. I would love to do that, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. The Inkle? By, uh, um, it's uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius. Yeah, here we Hi, go. Guys. Hey, hey Goody. We were talking about reading Inkle for a book club one time. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know that book, Jodorowsky, right? Yeah, but and we... Mobius. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what drew me to it, was the Mobius part, really. Yeah, I've, I've had copies of it in my shop. Mm. You know what else I have copies of in my shop? What's Stealth Number 2 by Mike Costa and Nate Bellegarde. Detroit's Ooh. legendary super-powered vigilante Stealth has lost control, plunging the city into chaos. Now Dead Hand reemerges to finish off his longtime enemy once and for all. I love this book. Talk about it. Go. Uh, it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was just a continuation of the first issue. You've got this um, this superhero who is suffering from dementia, so he beat the shit out of his son. Yeah, right. Hospitalized, beat the shit out of his son, thinking that he was doing something good. And you've now it's 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 a uh, like this is an issue about mitigating further disaster. So the yeah. son takes the suit away from his father, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that turns out. Uh, it, it, this was good. I, I hate to say it, and, and I don't want to sound like a cop-out, but I almost don't want to talk about this book, except that I think the writing is spot on. Yeah. I think the themes that it touches on are themes that are, that are rarely touched on um, in comic books right now. The The art is beautiful. Yeah. I absolutely love everything that is happening in these pages. Um, the world building is great. It's a uh, story that is taking its time. It's not trying to rush. It's not trying to be too flashy, mm-hmm. but it's giving you enough stuff to, to draw you in. But I almost don't want to talk about it because I just want people like, yo, go read Stealth. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. get it. And if you're a single issue person, go buy the single issues. Um, it, it, because this is going to be like an independent thing, I know this is something that this is this is a book that I would pick up in single issues because I know it needs to happen so that this is a, a success. Um, but I am definitely going to be on the trade for this. I'm going to be on the lookout for um, all of the the uh, creative people behind this book. This is some really good comic book um, yeah. right here. Yeah, I, I especially love the 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 character acting is yes. fantastic, yes. and and the character design is fantastic. So you mm-hmm. you beat the big bad in this one, and it's grotesque but beautiful, in kind of a weird Ryan Otley way. Uh, yeah. Where, but well paced out, well fantastic. paced out. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The the plotting of it and the, and the the storytelling of it is well paced out and it and it delivers. It sticks the landing when you the reveal sticks. It's mm-hmm. perfect. This is a good yeah. book. I love this book. I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm a huge Nate Bellegard fan, and um, I think the only thing is that this this dead hand villain looks a little bit like Two Face. I think I wish there was a little something we could have done to mm. make it look a little less like Two Face. Um, mm. It's a different yeah. side. Is it? Yeah. Maybe he's looking in a mirror. I did. Or maybe you are the mirror. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, even even besides the whole, um, what's the word? Um, the, the, the disease he's suffering from. Alzheimer's. Dementia. 
Alzheimer's, dementia. dementia, yeah, Alzheimer's, all that stuff. Even that aside, everything around this is great. It's not like it's reliant on that one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it doesn't even feel like a hook so much as just like an element of the story. I mean, it is what sets everything in motion, but it's just one, one of many things that's happening in it. Yeah. Um, I agree with you guys. The art is phenomenal. It's the kind of art, too, that I would probably like in most any superhero book, but works especially well for this kind of story. You know, yeah. it's, not like, it's like a real kind of like down to earth sort of, you know, uh, chunky almost kind of art. Um, yeah. And uh, I like the idea also that the villain is somebody that had when he was a kid kind of was affected by the previous stealth and now it's right. going on longer. And I'm curious to see what happens with that suit. You know, like mm -hmm. is the sun is the sun gonna get it? Is he doing it? I like that we found out the backstory about it just then. And and also that he takes it away immediately. That it's not like you could see if the story was less original, it going in a different direction where, you know, he continues to be stealth and the kid is like, I don't know if he could be stealth anymore. You know, this, like, is, this is in the invincible universe or it might have been or was I'm not sure. It was a Robert Kirkman thing, I think, but I'm not yeah, like a, was it pilot season? Yeah, pilot yeah. season. Yeah. It yeah. it shares those kinds of similarities of invincible acknowledged tropes, but then pivoted and kept going forward. Mm -hmm. So like characters would do things that were irreversible and kept going forward. Mm -hmm. Like instead of um resetting every couple of right. issues. Right. Mm -hmm. This feels like that where it's not concerned with you know, like like you were saying, I, I bet you were kind of expecting like him to work it out with his dad and and juggling the difference between like his safety but the need for stealth. And he's just like, no, yeah. fuck it, yeah. this isn't safe. I'm taking yeah. it. Like that yeah. is like that yeah. is a move that characters in other comics probably wouldn't make because they needed to keep status quo as long as possible. Yeah. Whereas this is a revolving story, and I like it. The kid is real interesting too. Like the. I mean, he's a, you know, the, the kid of the of self. Uh, he's just like an engaging character. Like, he's a yeah. journalist, which yeah, is great. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't in this issue, but I remember that prose from his article in last issue that was like, oh, it was beautiful. It's so well done. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he is a, a journalist and is and therefore our window, not in only into the stealth universe, but into this world, like the, the, the out, you know, the surrounding world too. And the art, um, B, you might agree with me. It the book and sometimes reminded me a a little like uh, the best of Astro City, where it's real world, yeah, down yeah. to earth, um, superheroes, but still on a very human, re relatable level. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I really enjoyed the most about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Am I am I am I good? All right, I'm not on mute. Undiscovered Country number six by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, with art by Giuseppe Camincoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. It is time to leave the zone of the Destiny Man and see what other secrets the former U.S. holds for Char Charlotte Graves, her brother Daniel, and the rest of the team. Not all will survive. Not all will leave. But they just might learn why they've been brought to America and the prize that awaits at the end of their journey through. The Undiscovered Country. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, I thought this was yeah. really fun. Like this, yeah. this series is left off in a place that's better than it started. Mm. Like, 
um, the first two issues were just a lot of like staging and now mm-hmm. it's starting to really fire mm-hmm. all cylinders and I really enjoy it. It's, it's, um, it's exciting and it's weird and I like it. Yeah. It always takes me a couple of like maybe a page or two to get back into it though. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Who, who's this? Yeah. Well, they included that, like, you know, the story so far. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they had done that. I, have you guys noticed in, in other comics where there seems to be a little bit of intro, like they are also aware that, you know, we haven't read of them in several months, of course. Yeah. Um, and especially with something like this, it's like, oh, you need to be reminded of, of what is It's a page yeah. and a half of previously. Yeah. It's a book that's yeah. only six issues in. Yeah. It's got a page and yeah. a half of previously on Undiscovered Country. Yeah, that the the first that again too, like the first two issues were uh that was they covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Like, hey, the if, if <laughs> there's like volumes and volumes of information that were required to just start this story. Yeah. They even they have back matter in every single issue, like extra content mm-hmm. in every single issue too to fill in more gaps. So this is the story itself is not very challenging, but the all the information that's required to enjoy it kind of is a, a high bar to get over. But once you do, it's it's really fun. Yeah, I like this a lot. I'll tell you, the um, the imagery also in this book is amazing. Like, that's yeah. enough for me to read along with it and kind of the, the little hints of things uh, in the text. But, yeah, I would just, I would probably read it just for the weirdness of the scene that we are in, you know? I mean, yeah, we have a, we have a man at the top of a, a dam riding a giant starfish freeing slaves mm-hmm. from destiny, man. This is insane. This is fucking yeah, insane. Yeah. I, all right. This is where, um, my suspension of disbelief uh-huh. fails a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, all right. He's riding a starfish. That's cool. It's got legs, right? It can like, maybe it'll move around like, you know, like a horse on a bunch sure. of legs. Um, but then we see, um, there is, a giant city being pulled by two hammerhead sharks on leashes. The no, they're not, the the hammerhead sharks are pulling the small skiffs. The small doesn't matter. Does not matter. They are hammerhead sharks pulling something on land. Yeah. No. Sorry, no, that doesn't that doesn't track. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's all these big, crazy, ridiculous things. Yeah. yeah. But at least have them make a, a modicum of sense. You know what I mean, it's just like you know. I understand like uh, Jason Aaron did. What if we had sharks in space? Great, fun, whatever. They can wiggle through space. Sure. Sharks pulling things on land. I mean, quickly even like there's clouds of dust. They're going super quick. Could, no. could they like they're all weird morphed animals? Yeah. Uh, could they just be like mostly snake muscles inside? Yeah, just move on land. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but yeah, you, I, you know. I don't know if they, if they, if they grew feet or something, just give me something. Speaking of feet, my suspension of disbelief was challenged with this amazing uh, pilot character who was a prisoner of war. They cut his foot off earlier and he is, he is doing so many things on that stump. Yeah. (laughs) Even just standing. Yeah. It's like sort of prosthetic, right? Like, no, 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 look at it. Oh, Oh, those bad, those are just bandages. Yeah. Yeah. He's just standing on a stump. Wow. So, like, there's there's a lot of balance issues and maybe, like, shin splints that would happen with all that action. Yeah. However, I was just like, all right, that's fine. It's, it's an art choice. Yeah, it's cool. I'm riding a starfish. Are we really going to get yeah, that deep? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I like this spiral deal 
the walk the spiral to me is a very cool, uh, you know, mystically intriguing phrase. And I, and I assume it has something to do with the time differential stuff. Mm -hmm. That's right like, up my alley. You know, like the, closer to the center. Yeah. Yeah. And, Oh, and then it's like the spiral itself is some sort of transformative journey or something like that. And I mean, and they're taking the journey in a literal underground railroad. Yeah. That's like true. there's, this this book is just American metaphors made yeah. science oh, yeah. fiction, which and, I and like cosmic science fiction too. Yeah, um, I, I like how they they you know they reach an impasse. They decide they're going to vote and figure out: Are we going to take this helicopter and leave, or are we going to take the train and go further into the spiral? And so mm -hmm. they do a vote, and they're even, Stephen. And then um, the one woman. She's like, oh, we've got, so basically they have the, the cure for the blue sky, which is a pandemic. It's a virus that is killing the world. Um, and they finally have a, a vial of the antidote and they're going to take it back and create an antidote to give to the world. Um, and so uh, basically the one character injects the other character who has blue, the blue sky virus in her. And now they've got no antidote. So I, I thought that was an interesting uh, workaround. Hmm. Um because he's written himself into a corner of these two factions have, have voted and yeah. And it, it, it's very interesting too. So like the, the character does make the case that even, even if we're able to get out with the antidote, we're still months and months away from being able to process it into any kind of like vaccine that can be distributed to all the people yeah. that are suffering. So like they, she wants to take this very scientific approach of we do what we can now and we cut our losses. Whereas the journalist the journalist is the one that's just like, I, I like stabs her with it, cures her because there's potentially a, a larger truth going forward, which I thought was really, really meta and really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, at the time, I was just like, fuck, that's terrible. Like, why would you do that to somebody? Yeah. But then yeah. I was just like, it's kind of interesting that the journalist and the scientists both want the truth. However, one is willing to risk for it and the other one is willing to just kind of keep going. Like, it was, it was cool. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a very interesting uh, book. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's strange, but it, it's fun. Yeah. Um, is that it? Did we do it? I think that's it. We did it. Oh, wait, the of that issue you mean, or of life? Uh, it's yeah, we're done. Life. Oh. Everyone, everyone, pop your cyanide pills that you have hidden in your teeth, and we're just we're out. Done. Just, as long as we get it done before death metal, right? Like we don't want to, we don't want to talk about that book. Uh, Tim Hershey says these comic books are insane. I can't do it. Can't do it. Why did he say that? And he's it's in quotes too. What oh, I think it's decorum. I think that was in response to your land sharks comment. Oh, oh I, <laughs> I was looking at it again. Could they be swimming kind of in the ground and just have? Yeah, they're like the they're like graboids. Yeah. 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 There you go. From Tremor. Like the street sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah. street sharks were bipedal. So, no, that doesn't work. Did they also swim through the. Was there like a, the fins going through? I don't know. No, the fins were like in the back of their heads. It was essentially was just a shark with arms and legs. Yeah. Well, all right. What was your, what was your example then, though? Oh, graboids uh, from Tremors. Uh, Literally yeah. land worm yeah. sharks kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, to which Tim responds, I am mocking JD. There we cool. go. Done. Thanks. 
Um, thank you so much for joining us. You can email us at coltpopgo at gmail.com. You can check me out on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex. Come to my shop, JD's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street. Noel, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on social media on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I, or any of the Cult Pop podcast social networks. Just at me and I'll say hello. Hmm. Len? Brian? Uh, Brian Lieb. I'm at brianleibdesign.com. Um, we're here. And, you know, I was going to ask JD, I meant to ask him earlier, if uh, he has ever heard of Patreon. Uh, so I don't know. He's not here to tell us if he has or not, but if you would like to give some money to, to the show to help us do these things, then find him on Patreon somehow. I don't know. Giant destructive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, put a little work into it for once in your life. <laughs> oh, God. Charity is work. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we've learned. Um, you can check me out in any place, in any, every place that you find the Black Tribbles, um, on social media, on podcasts, on YouTube, Facebook. We got a Tribble Nation group. Join us at 2 p.m. today in our Facebook group on Tribble Nation and on YouTube at Black Tribbles, where for Gutter Talk, we will be remembering the late and the definitively great Denny O'Neill, writer and editor of Marvel and DC Comics that you certainly have read and enjoyed. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.